Is it better to make 30 grand and have to look at a couple of bills and deal with a couple of problems? Or is it better to go to work every single day and have all your time sucked in by somebody else? So I just want to keep this into perspective because we have a lot of horror stories and it doesn't stop us from doing the business because it's better than selling tires. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Bonjour tout le monde! Salut everyone! <laughs> Hello everyone! I started that off in the Francais. Oh, oui, 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 tabernak! This is Big Fat Real Estate Checks. I don't think I've ever done that yet. No, I don't know why. Because that's so much fun. This is Margot Kozlowski. Frank, Frank, did you this get is... any of it? Yeah. Oh, tabernak, yes. Yeah, that's the only one you got. Yeah. <laughs> Bonjour, yes. Je m'appelle Francesco. So, this is Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski. This is Francesco Galuccio. Next to me, still in Florida. We can't get rid of him. He's kind of like herpes. And then we have Gabriel Araish, who will be joining us uh, in the next couple of weeks in Florida. So, I'm looking forward to uh, you, you, my Dupree. friend, uh, all being together <laughs> and uh, frolicking together, holding hands and singing Kumbaya or not. So, today we're going to be... Uh, ta- oh, before I forget, if you have not listened to the first 10 episodes or prior episodes, please do. There's a lot of great content on here, free content that we want to give to give. We want to make sure that you have all the greatest knowledge and apply this knowledge, of course. And of course, if you ever want help uh, buying some assets, I think we know some people that can help you do that if you so desire in the future. And yeah, so please listen to the first top 10 at least. Not the top 10, but the the first 10, I should say. And yeah, and I just looked at some stats and we're the top 1,700 1.6 1.6 million podcasts. So we're like in the 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0.001% of uh, podcasts, which is really exciting. And it's because of you, the listener. And uh, of course, like it, love it, share it, comment, and give us some great feedback, please. And we have over a thousand star, five star reviews, which is very exciting. And we're going for 10,000 now. So let's make it happen together. And I appreciate your help and support throughout that journey. And we love you very much as a listener. And thank you for um, all the great comments and feedback. We really do appreciate you. So today we're going to be discussing outlying areas. And when you first start, we had a pre-discussion before shooting this podcast on the ascension of what people do. And we might have different philosophies on this. Some believe that you should go into a more populated area first. Definitely not necessarily just where you live. I know there's some folks that suggest that you only buy properties where you live. I don't agree with that necessarily unless you live in an area that has a higher return because I believe buying something with a higher return is better than something that's local because you're supposed to get property management anyway and you're supposed to be hands off and if you're hands off across the street if it's across the state or across the country it shouldn't matter or across in another country like you guys you know Um, so exactly so or many of my followers do as well it's an interesting conversation because when you first start it's like fishing you want to catch any fish Right. I just want to catch a fish. I want to catch a fish. I want to catch a fish. You don't give a shit what kind of fish it is. You just want to catch fish. Then when you start catching any fish, you get good at catching anything. Then you want to start catching a really big fish. All right. So I'm tired of dealing these small little things. I want to catch a big one. I want to do 100 unit in one one go, 150, take down a 200 unit hotel, whatever it is. I want to do something big. Right. That's usually the ascension. And once you do a few of those, then you're tired of doing the big ones because, you know, you can do that. Then you go into the hardest fish to catch, like the blue marlin or, you know, the 
whatever. The most elusive fish there is, I don't fish enough to know what that fish is, but I should have done the research before starting the podcast. <laughs> That's how prepared I am. And I'm sure we're going to get some comments saying, Marco, the hardest fish to catch is a squirrel, whatever. So it's squirrel squid. A squirrel fish. A swimming yeah. squirrel. squirrel. I would love fish. to see that. Yeah. yeah. It's a squirrel fish. There's only a few of them. I actually in the world. had a squirrel when I was growing up and a, a baby squirrel. And my grandmother let it outside and it drowned in her swimming pool. And I will never forget it. It made me very sad. <laughs> Very, very sad. All right. That's uh, wow. interesting to know. You know that I don't that's have ADHD it. or anything, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Anywho, squirrel. Squirrel. So Thursday. Sailfish. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, you just sailfish. Googled it? Is I it did. sailfish? Oh, that's right. what it so said. Sailf- I don't know how that's to write hardest, that is. Yep. Yeah. Well, Marlin's a sailfish. I think oh, I'm going to get letters now. Marlin's oh, a sailfish, not the same thing. Uh, <laughs> lucky okay. for you, this isn't a fishing show, so we're good. It's yes. not what we're claiming is our expertise. <laughs> However, <laughs> that's a disclaimer. There's always... There, we don't know our fish. We just we eat don't, this thing. We just, yeah. I like to eat fish. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Unless it smells like fish, in which case, that's. <laughs> there's a lot of things I won't put in my mouth that smell like fish. But that's another topic. For <laughs> that's another, that is definitely another topic. Okay. Frank after dark. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, you'll be my first guest. Uh, okay. So, what? For Freak oh. After Dark. Okay. All right. I thought you meant something else. I'm like, no. uh-oh. You guys are getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> See how much fun we have doing oh, a podcast. is so much fun. Okay. So, yes. So, you want to catch first any fish to the biggest fish to the hardest fish to catch. And uh, my belief and you guys might believe differently, but this is the ascension that you, all three of us had actually. My first property was just any property. Then I wanted to get a little bit more specific and now I'm, I look for the hardest possible deals that are super complicated that no one would ever want to do. And those turn me on because I really like using my mind to turn complete shit into chicken shit into chicken salad basically. So really enjoy that. So I'll start with Gabe because I know Gabe, you're about to exit on a uh, a property that is kind of an outlier. I think it was one of your first, I'd say, top three properties yep. that you purchased. Yeah, top five, top two, top. For the first purchase was five separate houses, so in theory it's the sixth. But yeah, it was the second deal. Okay, I, yeah. So the sixth, after. the sixth deal, but yeah. it's still yeah number of units six. So it's just your sixth deal technically ish or top two, depending on how you look at it. But whatever. And early so on, this is in the middle of Indiana. Like yeah. not Indianapolis. Um, no, no, this it's is not like, a big city. Yeah, it's not. This is like what, like 50, 60, 70 miles away from anywhere. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember going to take a look at this property when you first got it, and I got a speeding ticket in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and the owner <laughs> that's of the, not different. That's and the not owner new. of the property texted me saying, "You got a speeding ticket," because he oh. was checking. I don't know if you remember how weird that owner was. John? Where he oh, wouldn't. Yeah. It's not that he was weird. He was, well, I guess you can consider him weird. I never met him, but this guy's so knowledgeable. It's unreal. He knows everything about everything. And we yeah. we kept in contact. I don't know if you know this. but I can tell because <laughs> you still know his name. And I'm like, yeah. the owner? And you're yeah. just like, John? Like yeah. my best bud ever? Nah, we just went on a fishing bud, trip together for Sailfish. He's bailed <laughs> us out a lot. Yeah, he's he's been good. Good. Yeah, because he was, at, when we were first negotiating with the guy, so let's just rewind a little bit. So yeah. this is Gabe's deal, and this is a mobile home park in the middle of Indiana somewhere. And one of the first properties that you bought, you got in with no money out of your pocket, if I remember. Mm-hmm. You used processed, as I explain it. There was a manager that was there for a while, and then we, you bought it. And then during the due diligence period, I remember at closing, he wouldn't accept a wire transfer 
Remember that? Where like I don't remember the, the wire transfer. The I remember company. the titles. The titles he needed to have he, everything he done would, by hand. He, he didn't want to release the titles because he didn't trust wire transfers. Correct. He had to go get a check and Maybe pick it, it up. Old school, right? The oh yeah. Old school. They don't understand that. What do you mean you're wiring money? No, no, this he, is he, 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 he wants something tangible in their hands because you can pull back the wire transfer. He says, "I've seen wire transfers." Reverse being pulled back three months after, and I'm like, those are ACHs, maybe. Yeah, but, but not that's wires. not a wire transfer. Oh, whatever. ACH, he, yes. he, he whatever. needed a yeah. check. He went to the title company, drove there, and picked up a check. That's and he then he gave the titles. It. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. But anyway, that's just a recollection of. And when I got a speeding ticket on my way back from DD, he literally texted me the next day saying, "Why did you get a speeding ticket? What's wrong with you?" <laughs> What, because he knew the sheriff that gave you the ticket? He looks online every day to see oh. what's going on because there's nothing happening. Like, there's nothing happening <laughs> in that town. That's his entertainment? I think, right. I think like, he's that's also... That's why he knows everything about anything because I think he, he's looks, also an he just ex, reads. Isn't he an ex-army or vet or something like that? He's, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of ex-army vets that are on the street, you know, looking for cash. There are people that are affected different ways. And sure. by the way, if you haven't seen, you know, the problem with Jon Stewart, the very first episode talks about vets. It's a plug for the show because it's terrible how vets are treated in this country, uh, in the U.S. It's really, really sad. And uh, I highly recommend the show if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about and you really do care about those that serve, you really should watch The Problem with Jon Stewart, episode one on Apple TV. Very, very good show. So, yeah, I just want to say that it's important. So, we're going in all sorts of directions today. Yeah, so Gabe, give us uh, the rundown here, whatever information you want to share or issues problems because you're about to exit and the yes. question really is is if you're making money on a property why are you exiting number one and number two is what have been the problems if any on this park so others can yeah. learn from that and yeah let's just share and be open and just we'll start with the problems so going into this property it was remote but we had a manager in place like i said the previous owner john was very hands-on but he had he kind of knew everybody in the town and he appointed a manager said you know this person's really good and you know she's gonna keep it straight and i'll keep an eye on her it was like he was very clear and probably not how i would get into a property today on that end but you know we got in she was great she did what she had to do until maybe a year and a half into into the property and this thing was cash flowing from the get-go we the markets were under rent so we were able to increase rent you know every time someone left and then all of a sudden for like about a month there was no more interaction with the property manager and now it's okay what's going on no answer so we work with whatsapp you know groups and whatnot nothing messages phone call she's not answering and so finally we said you know what let's call john let's call the uh, the owner he knows everything he's still you know he he knows about marco's speeding ticket so he must know what's going on with this this property manager so we call him and he picks up the phone and say you're calling about this girl you know lady you know i'm just she's gonna remain nameless for now so, <laughs> and we're like yeah we can't reach her he's like yeah well she's uh this and that she's basically become some sort of drug addict and is on a sex bender oh. and, and yeah so Jeez. basically get rid of her and we're like okay great hold but, on this is the one that he recommended to you and she was doing fabulous so th there's some event that happened oh. in i guess the last two months before she disappeared that put her on a different track so i don't know if it's you know she separated from her husband or whatnot the point is is he knew exactly what's going on again and said give me a day or two and i'll get back to you and then he found this new property manager which we still have today and she's again been great 
super helpful. It's been going well. She's actually brought in, we lost a tenant two days ago and we're closing today, right? And there's already a tenant that's ready to sign today. She's on the ball. She knows what she's doing, always increases rent. So she's brought up our revenue significantly. And as we're exiting now at, a, I think, more than twice what we paid, it's in part due to what she's done. So the property management on that side has been very good. So, but it's not been without its problems. So there's, you know, we have somebody working there, uh, the, I guess the maintenance guy that's, he needs to be, we need to keep an eye on him. Basically, every time he sends bills, you know, you gotta look like, hey buddy, it took you like 12 hours to paint a place. That doesn't make any sense. And then you gotta work your way back. So that's keeping an eye on the thing. I mean, if I were painting, I think 12 hours makes sense. But for someone who is supposedly a maintenance person, that should be like a two hour job or three hour job. So we had to keep an eye on him. And we know this, and there's not that many maintenance people out there. And that's kind of the remote aspect that we were talking about earlier is, has it been good? Yeah, we've been cash flowing like crazy for the last, whatever, three years or four years that we own this. You know, so making money is, it's there as long as we have the right controls and, you know, we're on top of things. So it's been good. Now, why the exit with all this? So before you get there, I yeah. just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, it's okay. Now, you seem to be a lot more hands-on than you should be because it's remote. Yes, a little bit more. Like, just like with you and Linda and the park that you exited out of, she was, Linda, your wife, was there constantly just communicating because of very difficult to find humans that can do a good job in remote areas. If you want something done, like there's no people that can go get it done. It's too remote. You got slim pickings, that's, that's for sure. Right. In a smaller town, you know, you got maybe less than a handful of tradesmen or people that paint or carpenter or whatever it is. And the managers, yeah, thankfully for you, in your case, you got a great manager. We had a yeah. manager that's been on there, but they were so laxed from the previous owner, they weren't doing anything. So we had to, like anything that we needed maintenance, she was old anyways. But she still rolled up her sleeves, but not as quickly as we wanted to. Sure. And so we, we just severed that. We got a maintenance manager thinking that would be better. But again, in a small town, you're going to get some riff rafters in there and you know i know we're rehabbing some units and we purchased material all that material didn't go into our unit he was doing side jobs in the town right mm -hmm. so we were kind of handcuffed a little bit but anyways so with all those yeah. problems before you finish your story and i hope i don't break your train of thought oh, not at all. with all those problems where you know we're having to do this and you have to do this and you got to look at the bill and you have to you know, oh my gosh we have this problem the person you know went on a drug and alcohol bender and is in prison or whatever you know murdered somebody else whatever the thing is going on in that local area like sounds oh my gosh it sounds terrible i would never want to do it do you regret buying it not at all like i said we've been making well over i don't know was it 50 to 60 50 noi every year and uh, how much money of your own? Nothing. No money. Right. So once again, fifty-five thousand net income. Call it fifty, with, even just to, yeah, to make it. Let's call yeah. it forty. Yeah, I don't give okay, a shit. even better. Let's yeah. call it forty. Let's yeah. call it thirty. Who cares? All right, thirty grand. All right, in your pocket, whatever. Is it better to make thirty grand and have to look at a couple of bills and deal with a couple of problems, or is it better to go to work every single day and have all your time sucked in by somebody else? So I just want to keep this into perspective, because we have a lot of horror stories. A lot of them. And it doesn't stop us from doing the business because it's better than selling tires. If you're a tire salesman, you know, God bless you. It's just, I prefer to deal with a few problems every single day and have millions coming in than deal with no problems and sell tires. That's just my choice. So if you're not 
seeing this perspective properly, be careful because I don't want you to think we're telling you these things to scare you away from the business. That's not true. We're just letting you know what could happen in remote areas. And I think it's good for you to do it because you learned so much, Gabriel and Frank, from those experiences. Oh, 100%. 100%. And you know what? Thankfully, like in Gabe's situation, we were cash flowing. It wasn't that we weren't making money and we did sold it for a good profit. Actually, one year, you sold one year in November, we sold it. Because you were partnered did, on that with I us. was. And did you double your money, triple your money, or because you didn't have any money into it anyway? No, but it was more than double. It was around what? You both, both bought doubles. it and sold it for twice what you yeah. bought it for. Yeah. Ish. Yes. Yes. And we were making about 80-ish gross on yeah, that one. So but 40 net. Yeah. So around there. Yeah. That was our, our expense ratio on that. But like I said, again, I know Linda, my wife, She's she was more engaged with the managers pretty much every day. There was a shit show. Something happened, whatever. How much did she learn? She learned a lot. Big time. Where Basically, where you, where you opened up the podcast is like, okay, you're buying anything. It was in the outskirts. It was about 30 minutes away from a major metropolitan. For those of you who know Florida, it was near Tallahassee, but it was still 30, 35 minutes out. Tallahassee is the capital of Florida, up in the north in the panhandle there. And But to get tradesmen, even to get, I know we had a water issue before, and you don't want to have water issues. The meter keeps spinning, and that means money coming out. We had to get Roto-Rooter from Tallahassee. So the first hour and a bit was travel. We still had to pay them 150 bucks an hour. So you came with those challenges. We know a little bit better. We put mechanisms in place now <clears throat> where the manager has to check the water meter every day to make sure that thing's not just spinning right. rapidly because the water can kill you. But if you can survive in that environment, you're going to make a killing in a better environment. So oh, 100%. you want to cut your teeth into the jungle. So when it's not the jungle, you can just do extremely well because everyone's soft. Yeah. So that's why I recommend on your first deal to th just be thrown into the deep end like you have been Gabe and Frank. And yeah, it's going to be a very high profit margin, but there's a price to pay with that because of the remoteness. And those are lessons that will harden you. These are life lessons. It's like being at home and being soft and getting a blue ribbon your whole life saying, you know, you're second, you participated. Good That's job. Right. Participation and then you go ribbons. into the real world and you're crushed because... They don't do participation Nothing, ribbons. That, that's <laughs> oh. not how it works in life, right? So that's why I kicked my kids out, you know, when they were, you know, but 30. But we, I think our processes got better with it as well, right? So like the way we select property managers has changed, you know, how many property managers we're looking for has changed. Like a few things have changed and we've made them better. And, but yes, and again, it sounds like you were a lot more involved than I was, Frank, with your park, but for us, we put in controls and we made sure that they were followed every month. That's it. And when they weren't followed, then we followed up and made sure that, you know, understood why. So, but the bottom line is with all that said, the main reason is, so our property manager is, she's getting up there in age, I think, and she got sick and she basically said, I'd like to stop. And rather than us going through a whole other process of finding another property manager and, you know, taking a risk on someone else, because at this point, that's what it is. You know, we have someone that's great and we've had someone before that's basically ended up MIA. So we didn't want to go through that again. And, you know, we have partners in this. So the discussion was, you know, let's just put this up for sale. The market is good. And then we let the buyers either become operators or they can find someone to run it if they want. And so that's kind of the decision was made that it's the right time to exit. But there's a bunch of other factors. I mean, we have other properties, bigger properties. We're still looking for bigger properties. You know, we have a private equity fund going on. There's a few things where I now want to, it's a smallish property, right? It's like 21, 22 units. So it's on the smaller side. And 
So divesting from something smaller that requires some time to end up in something probably much bigger and probably spending less time is more along the lines of where I'm or my goals are now. So all that kind of, it just, it all worked out, right? In terms of the timing. So selling was good. We found a buyer. We found actually a couple of buyers. <laughs> we went through a couple of them and, and finally now we're closing with these buyers who are from actually from the area. So uh, they're a little bit out. I think they're from Indianapolis and they're going to have to deal with another property manager and, but that's going to be on them. And, you know, we'll just, take our profits, take our cash flow that we've taken over the last four years and move on to the next one. Yeah, put another lure on your uh, fishing hook there. Yeah. Better lure with more, now you have, you know, if you bought it for what, 250? About that, 280, something like that. We just under doubled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're selling for close to 500, so. 500,000, yeah. 495, yeah. So it's pretty much, you know, quarter million dollar profit, which That's is good. Congrats, That's bad. Man. Yeah, Very good. really good. There are worse ways to make a quarter million dollars in how many years, three years? Yeah, three four? or four years. Yeah, I remember. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, it could five? be. Yeah, four. Wow. I think it's twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's been a while. Maybe eighteen. Still pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, pretty that's good. Uh, it's what sixty thousand a year, ish. Yeah, in profits. Yeah, doing plus nothing, the cash just flow. sitting there. That's called inflation, my friend. I think we yes. did a podcast on this. Yeah, we did. If you haven't listened to it, it's a great one. Yeah, it is yeah. a good podcast. It is a good podcast. So there you go. So there's more to say about this management issue. I think we should do another podcast on uh, sure. remoteness and management. If we can wrap this up into remote area versus non-remote area, what's your recommendation, Gabe? If you had to do it all over again, would you do it? And what's your word of advice for someone that's just starting? So yeah, starting off, it's something that I would definitely do again, but from the get-go, you know, I think when I got into the business, I thought more passive than active. And I expected this thing to kind of run on itself. And then I realized that there were some issues like the property management that come up and the maintenance and whatnot. So I've had to adapt and create, like I said, processes and controls for my property to be able to survive and make this thrive. I think if I'd started over again, yes, 100%, I wouldn't be scared of going into remote location, but definitely a clearer mind that this is going to require some work and which I'm not afraid of. It's just that wasn't my expectation coming in. You know, would I do that again now? Probably not because of I have options now. I have more choice. I'm not just looking for any property. I'm looking for specific properties, specific types. But if I had to start all over again, same thing. Yeah. You know, you just want to fish. You want you want income. At that point, you know, I still had a job, all that. So if I'm going back there, yeah, anything that's going to add income to my uh, bottom line is I'm definitely taking a look at it. And if I got to do a little bit of extra work, hell, I, I think I must have put in all maybe even if it were two hours of work a month, I was still making on the cash flow alone more per hour than I was making on my job. So if anything, I should have just left my job to do more of this. Well, and I just want to underline that you were hardened and learned a lot through that process. 100%. And that journey is more important than the money, in my opinion, because if you don't learn those lessons, the only reason we're good at what we're doing is because we know how to handle conflict and problems. And if yep, you're really you good at it. handling problems and conflict, you can do anything. And why is a brain surgeon that takes bullets out of brains, you know, paid $3 million a year or four? Because Precision. they handle problems, <laughs> big problems yeah. that are very delicate to handle. And the, the more skilled you are at handling these problems, the more money you're going to make, period. And if you can make 30, 40, 50, 60, $70,000 a year being paid to deal with these problems, you're ahead of the game. It's you're working for yourself. You're not working for somebody else dealing with these problems. Frank? 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I share the same thought as Gabe. I think when you get started, you're anxious because you have a why, a reason why you got into this in the first place. And, you know, uh, Gabe had the expectation of, you know, the residual income and the passive income. Same here. You're fishing with a net, basically, and you're just grabbing what you can because of that anticipation, because that I wanted to get out of my government job. That was my goal. That was my only thing is replace my government jobs. So any property would have done. I didn't foresee. Obviously, I was not really experienced. I had you there to lean on your shoulders for. So I kind of felt a little bit safe because you were there in case shit happened and shit did happen. You made me realize, and even my wife, Linda, that listen, yes, shit's going to happen. And and you always say, Murphy does exist. Shit's going to happen. Yeah. And it's how you handle it and how you overcome it and how you turn that issue or that problem or whatever you want to call that obstacle into an An opportunity opportunity. and that's the way you look at it and that's the way i look at a lot of things now is okay there's a problem here it's going to happen how do i change that into an opportunity without being feared to move or whatever so it was scary at first i'm not gonna lie there was a lot of issues there but i wouldn't change anything i think that made me stronger made me wiser for the next one and the next one after that would you recommend someone starting in a remote area or something close to them or anything that with cash flow or what what's your recommendation for me is anything with cash flow is get to your first one you don't want to catch and release when if you're wise big and you want to get out of something you want to get at your job you want to get out of the daily grunt and you catch something that's oh shit you know what okay in your case gabe it would have actually replaced your income to deal with that so you know some people say you know what i'll deal with the shit for now to get out of my job or to get out of that situation that i need to do so uh, yeah i just, would pick anything right now just to highlight that yeah that didn't that wouldn't have replaced my income on its own but had i kept doing that it could have easily replaced my income but i do want to highlight that i got into this property i say we because i have partners in this we got into this property knowing that we had a mentor we had marco there that was at the time going to we had faith that if something went wrong we had someone to with experience that we can ask for advice we wouldn't ask them to do anything just it's more like a brainstorming session of do you see a solution here when i don't see one and that alone is i think gave us the confidence of going into or more confidence going into a remote area because we knew that we had kind of a safety net of of problem solving so 100 percent, i would do it again but i think you know the caveat is that having you there mark at the time did add some additional confidence into the process remote i wouldn't even bought it in the u.s yeah oh, someone right. like marco so never mind a remote i wouldn't yeah. even bought it out of my backyard <laughs> you know yeah you're, you're, you're a little I think bit the other too. end of town is already too far for me in toronto but yeah having that comfort having sure. someone cover your back in case shit happens is definitely help yeah like in anything you don't learn how to fly a plane without having a pilot next to you telling you what to mm-hmm. do you know that's suicide literally or and you're gonna crash someone's plane you bought your plane and decided to take it for a spin <laughs> splat yep splat 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 well i think that was pretty good yep hopefully the listener agrees because at the end of the day that's all that matters or maybe not maybe we just have sh- fun and distribute these things and we don't give a shit what people think but we do (laughs) a little bit you know we really do care about your opinion and please like it love it share it appreciate you too and i think the next one we'll we'll talk about remote management or something in that realm because i think we can go on for hours about that so again listener thank you so much gabe frank thank you so much appreciate you both look forward to uh the next episode and again guys if this is something that you find extremely valuable please don't be afraid to uh, share it with your community and post on social if you can And we look forward to seeing you being successful in your very own opportunities, using none of your own money, using skills instead of cash to be able to explode your wealth and use inflation to make you wealthy. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. 
If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.